Um, there's always some feeling of loss in all of our lives and sometimes we feel it it's more palpable like when we suddenly lose someone that we love or or something happens a uh, loss of a job or a divorce but grieving is God's gift to us all especially when we're dealing with uh, with serious loss today in this resurrection story that David read the disciples are grieving. Even though Jesus has appeared to them all um, they, twice up to this point, they still don't quite know what to do as if, as those who are going through grief. Now, the, uh, John lists not 12 disciples or 11, John lists seven disciples. So I guess that first Easter uh, attendance was down 43%, I think, right? I don't know where the other uh, four or five are, but there they are. You might even notice as well that Nathaniel is mentioned as one of those seven disciples. And John lists where Nathaniel's from. The writer John doesn't do that for the rest of the disciples. And where does it say Nathaniel is from? Cana. Nathaniel from Cana. Remember, remember Cana? The wedding? The wine was running out. It was an embarrassing situation. And Mary, mother of Jesus, said, Jesus, do something. And Jesus turns six large vats of water into not just wine, but the finest wine. When they were about to run out late into the night, they even said, gosh, this is when you break out the cheap stuff, but no, saving the best for last. And so Jesus' abundance in all that scarcity um, overflows, and I think John is signaling, signaling us to what's about to happen. Peter says, well, in his grief, I guess I'm going to go fishing. All those disciples knew what it meant to fish. Let's just go back to a normal day's work or a night's work. And so they go fishing. He and six of their disciples. And a lot of times, like in grief, you know, when we're grieving, we try to go back to the things we love or maybe we're good at and we're not so good at it anymore. Or it's, or it's not the place we thought it was. And sure enough, all night as the disciples are fishing. They fished at night because they cast out their nets to catch the fish. And, and the fish couldn't see the nets that they were swimming into, right? And they tried all night long to fish and caught zero. All of a sudden, some fella comes across the shoreline there walking along. And he says, other side. Other side? Yeah, other side. Tossed your nets to the other side of the boat. Took a lot of effort for those seven disciples to pull that net from one side of the boat, throw it into the other. And really, what difference was about 20 feet going to make? And all of a sudden, it says, there was an abundance of fish, so much so that when they hauled it in, it says they were big fish coming into the boat in abundance. And then they thought, Cana, Galilee, water, wine, that stranger is Jesus. In other words, they recognized Jesus in a moment of scarcity 
when they were receiving abundance. Peter jumps in the water and freestyles back to the shore. The other disciples row their boat and they drag, they drag their fish to the feet of Jesus. Grace upon grace. It doesn't just say that there were 153 fish. It said 153 large fish. And what does John call the lake, the Sea of Galilee? He calls it the Sea of Tiberias. Tiberius Caesar, the one under whose rule Jesus was killed. Just a few weeks, a few years before that, Herod named the Sea of Galilee in honor of the Son of God, Caesar Tiberius. Guess who got the big fish if you fished the Sea of Galilee after that happened? The palace, the halves. The peasants would fight over the smallest fish. But here the disciples are bringing to the feet of Jesus, the Son of God, big, large fish, 153 of them. You see, when you're grieving, you go back maybe to what is normal, what you're used to. And when they do that, they got nothing there. They were agitated and grieving. They didn't know what to do. So let's go fishing and all of a sudden, Jesus barges in on their scarcity, their darkness, and brings them abundance. And brings them abundance. My sister told me that uh, just a few months ago, on her husband's side of the family, um, there, the, 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 the patriarch passed away. And... Um, this family did not grow up going to church, you know. And so she said, Bruce, I, I'm so glad that mom and dad made us go to church, she said. Because um, in this family, they were in Atlanta. And uh, the patriarch who had passed away late in his life got connected with a Sunday school class. So after he died, guess what happened to that house? Green bean casseroles, ham, it was like a feast. And Caddy told me that this family had no idea what was going on. And so, like we do in the South, especially in church, when somebody's grieving and when we don't know what to say, we cook up a good brisket and we offer it. Every counter in that house, Caddy said, had, had, had something on it. And it was like the family had no idea what to do with it. Of course, we know, we churchgoers know, that when you're the one receiving, when you're the one doing the grieving, you're not always really all that hungry, right? And you might eat a little bit of that comfort food, you know. But Ketty knew, because she grew up in church, that it wasn't about the food. It was about being blessed by abundance, by people who may not know what to say. But she said every casserole was somebody saying, we love you. And we're praying for you. Have this. Well, it was that moment where I'm glad I was raised in a church. Because we recognize the risen Christ when we're surprised by abundance. When God shows up at the, at the least time, that's, that's when we're surprised. That's when we see the risen Christ. You know, when they grabbed all that fish and brought it to Jesus, Jesus didn't need that fish 
to feed them. He already had some fish from somewhere else. Who knows where he got it? But he still accepted their fish. Just like when, when, when we're dealing with grief and when we're dealing with hardship and when we're dealing with tough times, we still want to offer something and give something. Abundance and scarcity. In 6th century Rome... Uh, Rome was really having a very hard time. Uh, it, it, it had been invaded several times. The bubonic plague was in full force. And it was a time of scarcity, especially in, uh, in, 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 for Christians, but, but for everybody. But out of that time, Craig Barnes, uh, a writer, wrote this story about we got two of the greatest gifts from Rome in the 6th century that we still operate on today. That is, that's when the uh, St. Benedict lived and he started the monastery there that still to this day, there are Benedictine monasteries. And what St. Benedict said was that when you get caught and you're overwhelmed and you're agitated by the world, your first work is to pray, to give your agitation to God, to look to God. He called it the humility of agitation. But St. Benedict didn't stop there. He said that prayer is a journey from a humility of agitation to the humility of gratefulness. And that, that's the journey, that's the journey that we take. I don't know about you, but our world today, when I, when I see the headlines on the news and when I hear what's happening half a world away and ten blocks away from where I live, I'm just overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed with the scarcity of joy, with the prevalence of gun violence, violence all the way to Ukraine, Jackson, Hattiesburg, everywhere it seems to be overwhelming and it feels like I'm fishing in the dark and we're not catching any fish and we're just sort of whistling in the dark. And that says uh, Saint, uh, the St. Benedictine and also St. Gregory who became the, 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 one of the greatest popes of the Catholic Church who said the same thing. We move from ag- a humility of agitation in prayer to humility of gratitude. We take that humility to God in our prayers to which we respond in humble gratitude. Why? Because we know that the risen Christ will show up when it is at its darkest when our nets are empty, because that's how Christ shows up to us over and over and over again. Preacher Amy Redwine wrote a commentary on this, and I, I, I really owe her a lot because she helped me think through this whole passage and see it in a new way. She brings up a time that she was in seminary, and she was there, and every Friday in seminary, um, they would take communion. And so, The presider of communion that day was breaking off bread. Amy said, like all of us, you know, when you dip, you know, you just want a size big enough where your hands don't get in the wine, you know. Uh, You know, there's an art form to it. But she said the presider gave her a piece of bread. And the presider broke off a piece of bread about the size of a baseball and gave it to her. She was stunned. She didn't quite know what to do with it. She dipped a little bit of it in the cup and she, she, she ate that piece and she didn't know what to do with all the rest of it. So she sat down that day and looked all over the sanctuary and she saw in the chapel they, all these students going, because everybody had gotten a baseball size. 
Some were just kind of snacking off of it, you know. Others, you know, one, she, well, she said one actually dropped it, but she wondered if it was just on purpose. I don't know. But she, she was, nobody knew what to do with it until the very end, until the very end. When the presider says this, let today's communion remind us that God always, always, always gives us more than we expect or deserve. God always, always, always gives us more than we know what to do with. And today, in the nets of grace, is a beautiful family, the Fergusons, whom we're about to baptize. And they are a reminder today that as this church, Parkway Heights, continues to move on, God will continue to say to us, throw your net on the other side of the boat because I've got more where that came from. God always, always gives us more grace then we know what to do with. Thanks be to God. Amen. Christ is risen seated. I want to ask the, the Ferguson family to come forward as we, all four of you as we celebrate together. And y'all can just stand right there if you will. Yeah, that's good. 
Um, I can't wait for you to get to know this family better. They're an amazing um, group of people and um, just it's, it's been so awesome to um, get to know all four of you better and we just look forward to this journey together. There will be slides before you on the screen uh, if you would rather read, read the book. It, we're on page 93 in the hymn book, but I mean 39, sorry, got that, you don't want to go to 93. Page 39. And we're celebrating the baptism of all four. Uh, Richard and Dana are going to be um, answering on behalf of Mia and Avery. And we look forward to the day in the not too distant future where you'll be back up here at confirmation. So we look forward to that. Brothers and sisters in Christ, through the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through water and the Spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. Today we welcome the Fergusons um, for baptism uh, and we celebrate that. Richard and Dana, I ask you on behalf of yourselves and your children, do you renounce the spiritual forces of wickedness, reject the evil powers of the world, and repent of your sin? Do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves? I do. Do you confess Jesus as your Savior, put your whole trust in His grace, and promise to serve Him as your Lord in union with the church, which Christ has opened to people of all ages, nations, and races? I do. Will you uh, nurture Mia and Avery in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example they may be guided to accept God's grace for themselves to, to profess their faith openly and to lead a Christian life? I will. Do you, as Christ's body the church, reaffirm both your rejection of sin and your commitment to Christ? We do. Will you nurture one another in the Christian faith and life and include these persons now before you in your care? With God's, With God's help, we, we will proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ. We will surround Richard, Dana, Mia, and Avery with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others. We will pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life. Let us join together in professing the Christian faith as contained in the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments. Do you believe in God the Father? I believe in God the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. Do you believe in Jesus Christ? I believe in Jesus Christ. His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, He rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father and will come again to judge the living and the dead. Do you believe in the Holy Spirit? I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, 
the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those on the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the clouds a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. Sing Sing to to the Lord, all the earth. Tell Tell of of God's God's mercy each day. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus, nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Declare Declare his his works to the nations, his glory among all the people. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it, to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All All praise praise to you, eternal Father, Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Richard, we invite you you to come first, and you may kneel here as we baptize you first. All right. All right. Richard Carmel, I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Holy Spirit work within you, Richard, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. I invite you to stand. Let's welcome our new brother in Christ, Richard. (laughs) Dana Lynn, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dana, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. 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 Please welcome Dana. (laughs) All right. Okay, Mia, here we go. (laughs) Mia, Danielle. I baptize you in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Mia, the Holy Spirit work within you, that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please welcome Mia. (laughs) Proud of you. Right, Avery. Avery Denise, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Avery, the Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may be a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Please welcome Avery. Proud of you, Avery. 
That's okay. All right. Okay, gotcha. Now it is our joy to welcome our new sisters and brothers, uh, Richard, Dana, Mia, and Avery in Christ. Will you join me? Through baptism, you are incorporated by the Holy Spirit into God's new creation and made to share in Christ's royal priesthood. We are all one in Christ Jesus. With joy and thanksgiving, we welcome you as members of the family of Christ. Members of the household of God, I commend these persons uh, to your love and care. Do all in your power to increase their faith, confirm their hope, and perfect them in love. We give thanks for all that God has already given you. And we welcome you in Christian love as members together with you in the body of Christ and in this congregation of the United Methodist Church. We renew our covenant to faithfully participate in the ministries of the church by our prayers, our presence, our gifts, our service, and our witness. That in everything, God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. The God of all grace, who has called us to eternal glory in Christ, establish you and strengthen you by the power of the Holy Spirit, that you may live in grace and in peace. Amen. One more time, y'all. Let's welcome this beautiful family. Thank you. Thank y'all. Thanks, Dana. She's got it. <laughs> We'd like to invite the children to come forward now for children's moments with Miss Leslie. This is exciting. What an exciting day. I think, Bruce, am I right? There are at least two, two, two times in the Bible where an entire family is, is baptized. Correct. So that's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, if you have children in the nursery, I know you already know this, but if you don't, which I know many of you don't have kids in the nursery anymore, you really need to know how uh, lucky we are and blessed we are to have Dana in the nursery and Dana's family. Um, they've really, I could not have imagined a better person uh, with, our, with our babies in the nursery. So, so I just want you to know that. Um, you really need to know that. <laughs> okay. All right. So um, we're going to talk a little bit more.